Hello and welcome to Solopreneur, the show that helps business owners who are flying solo to solve their big sales, marketing and systems challenges one episode at a time. You can watch the video version of this episode at solopreneur.com. I'm Gareth Everson, and on this episode, we're going to be focusing on the best lead magnets to use for the three stages of the marketing funnel. Remember last episode, we talked about top of funnel, middle of funnel, and bottom of funnel. By the end of this episode, you'll have some good ideas of the kind of lead magnets that you can use to capture leads depending on the different stage that they're at in their buying decision cycle. So you're faced with this challenge of knowing the kind of problems and symptoms that your best possible clients have before they discover you. You also know that once you have a call with them, you can now start to explain it in terms that they understand. But now you've got this nagging thought that you need to go away and create tons of content to meet them exactly where they're at. I want to reassure you on that. You don't have to create hundreds of different lead magnets based on all the different parts or problems that you think people might be at, all the different stages where they might be. So after the last episode, you now understand that there are three different stages to the marketing funnel. Top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. You've also probably got in your mind that you're going to have to create some content Let's allay some fears that you're going to have to create hundreds of different lead magnets. In fact, a lead magnet doesn't have to be a fancy graphically designed PDF, nor does it have to be a Hollywood style overproduced video that they're going to receive. In fact, the very best lead magnets meet somebody where they're at with the challenges and the problems that they're facing or their understanding of them just now. And all they do is take somebody on two or three further steps in as short a time scale as possible. That's what I want to have you think about just now. doesn't have to be have fancy graphics in there. It doesn't have to have lots of bells and whistles. In fact, some of the best lead magnets that are out there are just one or two pages long and probably produced in Microsoft Word. In fact, the thing that I want you to remember more than anything else is this all comes back to understanding the problems that your prospect is facing right now and being able to convey to them in language that they understand that there are ways to solve it. So what does good lead magnet content look like? Let's focus on different content at the different stages. A really good starting point at the top of the funnel is a checklist of things to think about when it comes to addressing a problem. Checklist content is fantastic because in our minds, we're great at going through to-do lists. So if we have a particular problem that we want to solve, what's our checklist of how that we can bring all of that together? When I started thinking about my podcast, I downloaded a guide to podcast equipment. And all it really was, was a shopping list of the things that I'd need to have in place before I hit record on my first podcast. And I was thinking, oh, it needs to be a fancy, jazzy camera. It needs to be great lighting. It needs to be radio quality microphones. 
And in actual fact, the podcast guide that I got, that I downloaded, was literally half a page long with a few details about products that I can buy at low, medium, and high cost. So the, the, the guide was meeting me exactly where I was, depending on where I was. And all it had in there were a few links to go out and buy some of these products. It was great. It was half a page long. It wasn't overproduced. It didn't have any graphics or anything in there. It was just a really simple guide that I could use. I think about my business and I'm, I've become more comfortable recording videos. One of my best lead magnets is an introduction to Lemonade Plan. Lemonade Plan is a methodology that I take my clients through when they're systemizing their business. It starts with leads. So the, the L of Lemonade means leads. And it takes them all the way through to the final E, endorsements or getting referrals, reviews, repeat business. A little bit of a crowbar in there, the, the E, but you can see what I mean. And what I have as my lead magnet is just a simple video walkthrough of what those eight steps are in Lemonade. Some are just 60 seconds long, some are a couple of minutes long, but somebody that opts in to get that insight is getting value within 15 or 20 minutes of being able to, of, of opting in. And that's really the key. How can we get value from that lead magnet within 10, 15, 20 minutes of downloading it? Easy to consume. It makes me feel like I'm making progress. It makes me trust you as a provider and it helps us both to move forward. There must be content that's out there online that, that gives people this perception that a lead magnet needs to be a almost like a, a subset of your overall service. And that gives people a fear that people are, who download their guide or who opt in to do that can go ahead and go and solve their problem without their help. I'd encourage you to not think that way because as if how you help your clients is digestible within 10 or 15 minutes, then you probably haven't got a great business anyway. It's probably easy to replicate your business with somebody else. So don't think of it in terms of how can I take somebody who's in discovery mode from opting in through to solving their problem or seeing the full solution themselves. You don't need to do that. All you need to do is take them two or three steps forward in a really simple way, using easy language, easy to digest, easy to download or look at. That's what your content should look like for these lead magnets. I want you to think about a specific example when it comes to thinking about how much or how little of your service you should be including in your lead magnet. I do a lot of work with physiotherapists, have worked with them for years. And one of the great lead magnets that works in a physiotherapy setting is when you're attracting people with back pain. People, with, people who have back pain, and maybe you've encountered it yourself, will look extensively for advice online about having back pain before they ever even consider going to a physio to go and address that. So one of the great ways that physiotherapists can meet people where they're at with that, literally, that symptom or that problem that they're encountering is to create content, lead magnet content for their website around say, for example, seven easy exercises to help you resolve your back pain. 
that's great lead magnet content. That's something that those people who are suffering from back, back pain can download and can consume literally within 10 minutes and do those exercises on a daily basis. Now, that physiotherapist knows that they're providing really valuable content and really authoritative content because it's, it's valid exercises to solve back pain or to help them alleviate back pain, should I say. There'll be people that doing those exercises will resolve a lot of their problems. There's also a huge proportion of people who will download that who will still be having back pain two, three, six months down the line. Now, the great thing about providing that as a lead magnet is that those physios can follow up proactively with other fantastic content, this time via email or direct mail, that helps them to understand if there are other ways that they can solve that. So little subtle reminders that if you're still encountering back pain and it's not going away from the exercises, why not book a free consultation in the practice, click here to, to, to book an appointment. So that person is receiving regular emails that are helping them along the way, that are giving them inspiration and encouragement to solve that back pain. But if they're not able to do it themselves, guess what? They tr they're now trusting that physio to provide a solution for them to go and do that. And they're far, far more likely to then book a discovery appointment to go and resolve that. So most physios know that the likelihood of somebody booking a call to address that pain they've got is really quite low in the first few weeks, first month or so. But they know that con that content, as long as it's drip-fed and fed in the right way, in a nice, friendly way, will finally get traction four, five, six months down the line, especially if the content is related to where that person is at right now. Why have they got back pain? What do they want to do when they solve it? How old are they? Is there something that they're missing out on because they've got back pain? Having the answers to all of those, those questions means that they can segment how they follow up with those leads and provide great content to them, great insight to them. So let's look at middle of funnel content and middle of funnel lead magnets. There's a fantastic book that addresses the middle of funnel. And it's by a chap called Marcus Sheridan, who wrote a book called They Ask, You Answer. And he trains on this topic around the world. And it specifically addresses the kind of questions that people have at the middle of funnel. Remember, middle of funnel is where they understand that they've got a problem. They brought together all of those symptoms that they've understood about the problem that they've got into one place, and they're able to pigeonhole what that looks like in terms of what a solution would look like for that. Middle of funnel, they're looking at potential providers who are out there. They're looking at what that might cost them, and they're thinking about what impact that would have on them to be able to address that problem. Marcus Sheridan's book addresses this in five different ways. He breaks it down into these five topics. The first one is creating content around what this is going to cost or pricing to solve this particular problem. Great content around this is, like I referred to earlier, the Podcast Makers Buyer's Guide. All that had in there were, I think, something like six or seven items that I need to buy to be able to start creating my own podcast. 
is there some sort of guide that you could produce that includes options for low, middle, and high-cost solutions around your service or solution? doesn't necessarily have to relate to yours. You can talk in general terms. You can also talk in wider terms as well. If, if for example, in order to quote for somebody's work, you need to have a full picture of what you're quoting for in that particular content, have a range of pricing. It might be £1,000 to £1,500 for the low tier option, for example. You don't have to go into specific pens by pens detail of what these things are going to cost. The second area that Marcus talks about is problems to solve the the issues that you're facing. So what problems are there along the way that you might encounter as you go through this process of solving the issue that you have? And what are the potential solutions or workarounds when you face those problems? Great content at this, if you want to create lead magnets for this, is an implementer's guide or a a buyer's guide, a decision guide, a how to get the outcome that you want to do, creating eBooks or videos or walkthroughs around all of this. And you can gate that by putting it behind an opt-in form. The third piece of content that They Ask You Answer covers is what they call comparison content. On comparison content, you're literally taking a summary of the kind of criteria that somebody should be considering when they're thinking about a buying decision. It might be things like price. It might be things like quality. It might be things like support. It might be things like how it's delivered, how how the service is delivered, whether it's online or face-to-face, et cetera. So creating some sort of buyer's criteria and then doing a comparison of solutions or providers that are out there in an honest way to your audience. You know, as well as I do, that you probably won't fit the bill as the perfect solution in all of those different criteria. What a comparison guide allows you to do is to show your service and where it fits within the market. Don't be biased, be honest, be open, so that somebody can create a value judgment on which are their probably top one or two options that they might want to look at further. So that's number three, comparisons. The fourth one is then around reviews. Now, whether you're pulling from different sources, different independent sources, what review ratings have come back, whether it's Google My Business, Facebook pages, or other online services that will will pull together where you might take reviews from, or whether you're creating, based on your own criteria, a review structure of reviewing, if you're confident to do so, reviewing different service providers in this area. That's review content. That's bringing together in one place for your audience to see how services are reviewed across the piece. Again, you've got to be honest here. If you're getting poorer reviews than your competition, show why you're getting those. um, And don't just pick people that have terrible reviews to compare them against you. This is an honest summary of who are the providers that are out there and how are they reviewed? The whole fact that you're creating that content will build trust anyway. So there's no need to confuse people or make up numbers or change it for your own means or methods. Finally, number five is kind of builds on that. People will search online for best of 
something or who is the top provider of, so top or best of type content is another type of phrase that people search for on this. Now, this goes beyond reviews and comparisons. It allows you to put in one place a in-depth summary of what the best of in that scenario. How's a nice way to use this? Instead of just being really blatant and really in your face that your solution is the best, try and think of ways that you fit in with other services. So for example, if you know that you are the best business coach who's out there, try and think of a way that you can frame that in a way that provides a more holistic view of business services. You might do, who are the best business advisors who are out there? In that scenario of rating the best, you could come back with best accountants, best business coach, best mentor, best uh, best web designer. You could have a best of summary. If your target audience is, for example, small businesses, you can have a best of summary of all of the people, perhaps a digest uh, from a reviews or a comparisons content elsewhere or on your site that brings together the best of those providers. So those are the five, cost and price, problems, comparisons, reviews, and best of type content. I'd really encourage you to have a look at or listen to Marcus Sheridan's They Ask, You Answer on that. So we've talked about top of funnel, we've talked about middle of funnel. What about bottom of funnel? So bottom of funnel, just to remind you, somebody's problem aware, they're solution aware, they understand that there are different providers who are out there who can solve it for them. They understand roughly what it's going to cost them to resolve that because they've investigated that already, whether it's on your site or somebody else's. And they've already convinced themselves that they're going to set aside the budget and time to be able to address that problem. Key things there, I can't stress that enough. They've set aside the budget and the time to address that problem that they have. Okay, so that's when we want to meet them where they're at in the bottom of the funnel. So what kind of content should we be using for that? This is where we can validly use call to actions around, book a demo, book a discussion, watch this webinar, see this recording of a prior training that we've done. All of those calls to action speak more to bottom of funnel. The outcome of that content and of that opt-in will definitely be you making them some kind of offer to buy from you, whether it's a simple and low cost option to take them down that journey a little bit, or whether it's something that allows them to solve that problem in total. So when we're thinking about content for that stage, our outcome that we want to be gearing towards is making them that offer, making them that proposal, sending them to an order page, something like that. That's where we're going to with whatever the content is that they're opting in for on that. And we're making that clear to them. So they know that by the time they've got to that, their time isn't going to be wasted by not having a solution to their problem by the end of whatever that is. That's where we can be a little bit more direct with them. That's where we can start to share with them testimonials, credibility around why 
it's us that they should be trusting around that. So your landing pages for whatever you decide that to be, whether it's a demo, a recorded, or a live webinar, or something else that relates to that, some sort of sales call, you should on that page be filling that with credibility things. A structure of how they're likely to be able to resolve that. It might even be a link to go and buy it straight away, but also lots of testimonials that put you in that bracket of why they should trust you to go and do that. So that's our bottom of funnel. So in this episode, in terms of thinking about your takeaways, you now know and have a greater understanding of what the three stages of the funnel are. You also have a better understanding of what kind of content and lead magnets you could you should be creating at those three different stages. The last thing I want to leave you with is don't try and overthink it. Think of one really good lead magnet that you can use at each of those stages and hone in on creating that. You don't have to think of five or 10 pieces of uh, different content for bottom of funnel or middle of funnel, and nor do you have to be thinking about lots and lots of different ways that they can opt in at the top of the funnel. Far better to create one really good resource at each of those stages, and then perhaps widen, once you've got that and once that's working for you, then perhaps widen the kind of lead magnets that you create at the top of the funnel so you can meet people at different places of where they're at. The flip side of not creating that great resource at each of those three different stages is missing out on leads and opportunities of people who are at those stages. There will be somewhere else on the internet that they'll be able to go and find that information and build trust in somebody else who is providing that. So one great piece of content, lead magnet at each of those three different stages, and you'll be absolutely golden. On the next episode of the Solopreneur Show, we're going to be talking about what to say and do away from your website to be able to bring people either to that website or to opt in via offline sources. I look forward to speaking to you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Solopreneur Podcast. Remember that what we learned today builds more value if there's a plan to take action on it tomorrow. So head to solopreneur.com and check out our growing community of action takers and all the training and software that you need to build a scalable business without breaking the bank. And if you value the show, please help others to discover it too by leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts or by sharing a link to an episode on LinkedIn or wherever your finger does its scrolling.